0: Following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
2: about you, Cowboys? This,
3: this is Mick Shot streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now,
1: here are Bill Jones, Savannah Hume, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola.
4: And finally, finally. We got rid of the other guys. <laughs> this is Mick Shots. This is Bill Jones, along with Savannah Humoler As Everson is out today and who knows where, Mickey. Oh, Mickey oh. is Mickey showed up. Start, wow. Start over. Mickey finally showed up for the show. How much of a fine, Savannah, do you think that should be?
5: I don't know, but Bill, I I thought we were going to have to to carry it on the rest of the day. Uh, No,
4: it wasn't that we were going to have to carry it on. It was that we get to carry it on the rest of the day. There's practice going on. Did you notice? There is practice going on. I did notice. And he was peering out through the window. Did you notice anything out there? Well, I noticed that you were watching practice. That's right.
3: (laughs) Along with Brad Sham. And Brad had one last question. One last question. And I answered his question. Unlike Mike McCarthy.
5: What was the question?
3: Did you hear the press conference? Yeah. Did you hear Brad's question? Yeah. Okay. Tell Mike, the tell the rest of the class. So Brad asked uh, Mike McCarthy. Um, um, so are you get, are you getting Tyler Smith any snaps in practice at left tackle? And he kind of mumbled something that was inaudible, but it was, uh, I don't need to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) How would Parcells answer it? It's none of your business. Uh (laughs) Quit nosing around in my business. Let me just give you the scouting report. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's what Mike said. Yeah. Like, I don't need to provide a scouting report. All right. I saw... You and Brad, alongside
4: each other, looking at practice, were you talking about the Cowboys or Missouri football? Because you've got a huge game this week against Vanderbilt. 11.5-point
3: favorites. Oh, yeah? Mm. I don't like to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's on the road, I think. Oh, no. At Vanderbilt. How in the world do you go to Nashville and win? Oh, my. But we were also talking about the Cowboys. Oh, okay. On their recent acquisition. And last time the Cowboys
4: were an 11.5 or 12.5 point favorite? Oh, I don't know. When it was, was that? It
3: was Sunday. I thought it was nine. <laughs> no. <laughs> was. All right. They surprised a lot of people. They did. That's right? right. Either some people won a lot of money or lost a lot of By money. By the way, hmm. I think uh, I think
4: I saw the NFL or Fox put out a uh, – Tweet or post or whatever you call it these days about the Kansas City game against Chicago being like the most watched three twenty-five or four twenty-five Eastern Time game in the history of football or whatever it was. Oh, it was. it was yeah. And when this week? Yeah, last on Sunday. Sunday. Sunday's game. The, the cheap because Fox had the Cowboys Cardinals, which went to a portion of the country. But the most of the country got Kansas City and Chicago. Because they okay. were hoping that they'd get a shot and, of Taylor Swift. Exactly. Street. So then the post comes out that it was the most watched game in the history of football, or whatever it was.
5: Not only that, uh, yesterday there was also another post that Travis Kelsey jerseys went up by 400% in sales.
4: Okay, but let me burst the bubble on the TV ratings and how Taylor Swift uh, increased the TV ratings so much so that it was the greatest game television-wise ever. Well, it was 34 to nothing at halftime, and they switched to the Cowboys Cardinals game. <laughs> so only the Chicago and Kansas City markets in the second half were getting the 41 to 7 blowout win. So, it was America's team, it was the Cowboys. But everyone talks about it. Oh, it was Kansas City. So and that, was Chicago. Part of, that
3: was part of the rating in that slot.
4: It, right. It, it, so they switched. It was in that same time slot, and nobody would have been watching the game uh. unless they just showed shots of taylor swift in the that's funny uh, in
5: the suite yeah Yeah.
4: right but so in all uh, all the chiefs the new america's team no (laughs) the old america's team is the reason that rating went through the roof so anyway
3: you got to give belichick some credit for what he had to say when they asked him about he said something to the effect that travis kelsey has had many big catches in his career, but this might be the biggest one. <laughs> <I did not laughs> that, hear that was good. That was good. So uh, anyway. So all right. So Billy Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys signed a veteran center to the practice squad. And a guy that has played a lot in the league. He's going on twenty nine years old. And when I saw him yesterday, six four three zero eight, so he's big. Bigger than that Harlow guy <laughs> that you had at two hundred seventy three pounds or something. Eighty five, no, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, whatever they listed. Which is what that. he was
4: at when he was a junior in well, high school. Well, you
3: think the Cowboys in their <laughs> roster just said, "Okay, let's let's do that with a, a, a former." Oh, weight. Let's see. So Billy Price. Did Harlow get any bigger? Um so six four two ninety eight. He put some pounds there. In yeah. All right. So
4: what do you make of that? Uh, what do, we read? What do for, we
3: read into that? They were looking for somebody with a little bit more experience. Um and if Tyler Biatish isn't healthy, then they do need a backup center and this guy has started 45 of 69 games he's played in the league 3,000 snaps Uh, and last year by the way uh, with uh, Arizona he started 11 of 11 games played and in 2021 after three years with Cincinnati he was with the Giants and started 15 of 16 games So that kind of beats anything the Cowboys have from an experience standpoint. Also, gives the Cowboys four first
4: round draft picks. Right, Mm. exactly. Their offensive line room. 21st pick overall. Right, in uh, 2018. It's been around the block a little bit in these five years. Cincinnati for the first three seasons, the Giants in 21. Practice squad with the Raiders in '22, then with Arizona as you mentioned, and practice squad this year with the Saints. And Remington they, Trophy winner out of oh,
3: the Ohio State University. That means they've got two Remington That's right. Trophy winners. Uh-huh. So anyway, that was one of the moves they they made. And Brad, I was filling in Brad on the guy's uh, a little bit of his bio. So. Cincinnati didn't pick up his fourth—they His uh, they didn't claim his option year, I guess. Uh, and then he became a free agent, and the Giants uh, picked him up. And then Arizona—actually, uh, he was traded to the Giants, by the way, from Cincinnati. So anyway, that, you know, uh, we didn't get any clarification on the injuries— just yet. It said basically that Tyron Smith, Tyler Beatis, and Zach Martin would be with the rehab group today. And so we'll see where that one goes. So, my question also on Billy Price, and I have to do
4: the research myself on it, mm-hmm. is does he also, now, usually those interior offensive linemen have some position flex right. where they can play center or guard? And so the question I would have, are they adding – because there are no tackles out there to Mm -hmm. add to a roster to speak of, you get a veteran former first-round draft pick who adds depth to your interior – Where you also have a starting left guard who's a former first-round draft pick who started uh, the most every game last year at left tackle, and it gives you the option to kicking him out to left tackle if you need him
3: at left tackle if Tyron can't go. Right, and you also have the, um, I guess, ability if you get one of those guys back. Like if Zach's ready to go, then you've got T.J. Bass that could play – Uh, he and Richards and Chuma could play left guard if needed if you had to move uh, Tyler Smith to left tackle so there's some line moves and they're just kind of fortifying what uh, uh, you know their options are uh, and they need options so um, anyway so that's kind of the status of this uh, offensive line going forward um, we'll probably know more tomorrow when they actually uh, practice in pads. But they f- clearly felt like they needed to fortify the uh, position on the offensive line. Yeah, and I don't think they liked the idea of Harlow being the backup guy, mm-hmm. even though he was on the practice squad. And I guess they would have had an opening on the practice squad because they signed Goodwin to the 53 on Saturday. So they had an open spot, his spot, on the practice squad.
4: Okay. Well, uh, Savannah's going through your text messages. And the Mine? Po- the uh, podcast text line, <laughs> 817-290-3298. Um, and – I don't know if you noticed, Mickey, but uh, Savannah is uh, the talk of social media, and people want to know more about Savannah Hummeler. Oh, yes. do they? You better
3: interview her then.
4: <laughs> and uh, I've already through the, done through all the that. course, and we we did uh, talk about Savannah um, when she first arrived here last week, whatever. But mm-hmm. Savannah, the floor is yours to give us your <laughs> your thoughts on where the Cowboys are as. we we enter this week against a New England Patriots team that has Ezekiel Elliott coming here. Okay. Jerry, Jerry was on the the radio uh, talking about Zeke's homecoming. Mm-hmm. Was he on the radio or the app? He, he, he was. Well, he was talking about. I, I saw the post about it. Yes. So I didn't hear it. I wh- did. Wherever it was. Okay. Okay. Talking about Zeke's homecoming and uh, that. Okay. He was asked. Will there be some sort of uh, tribute to Zeke, ceremony, whatever? And he doesn't want to let the cat out of the bag. Don't want to spoil the surprise. And I'm like, speaking of Parcells, I'm like, <laughs> what would what would uh, Parcells say if you're talking about the return of a former player and paying tribute? What is this? A homecoming court? We're going to have a homecoming court? <laughs> going to crown him the homecoming king? You anyway, dress up
3: for the game.
5: Honestly, we should just be glad that they don't have the Salvation Army buckets out at right. the stadium yet. The kettle, the red he scores red on the Patriots. Good I mean.
4: good thing he's coming on October first <laughs> and not on Thanksgiving you, Day. Exactly. That's do you right. think an opponent would have the nerve to jump in one of those? <laughs> Zeke no <stuff>. way. <laughs> that would, Maybe. Zeke, Zeke would do it with a smile on his face. Yeah, you absolutely. Uh, but anyway, what where, where do you think things are with this team coming off that loss? Of? I'm,
5: I'm more concerned about the defense right now mm. and them getting on the same page. So uh, obviously Cowboys the pass rush they're going to face Mac Jones and right now he has a total of 6 sacks on him so far this season. He's ranked 8th in the NFL in passing yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. So I think our defense really needs to get on the same page because they are going up against Mac Jones and I believe he's going to make some throws this this Sunday.
4: Um What concerns you about the
3: Cowboys' defense right now coming off that game against Arizona? Uh, They're going to have to uh, show me that the run defense in this last game was an anomaly, that it was just one of those things, and it's not like, okay, here we go again against uh, a running game, and you know they're going to want to run the football, right? Uh, And, you know, this last game, you know, Zeke Zeke actually got 16 carries for 80 yards. Five yards a carry. And four first downs, by the way. He also had has um, uh, six catches this year for 21 yards, so he's touching the football. Um, and I would imagine they'll understand how motivated he is for this game, so they're going to see a little of that. And they're also going to see if these Cowboys can – set the edges uh, on the run game uh, on that defensive line much better than they uh, just ignored uh, in the game against Arizona.
4: You know, Ramondre Stevenson, um, he had 19 carries for 59 yards against the Jets. By the way, that game was played in the rain Yes, uh, on Sunday. And Stevenson's uh, yards per carry is way down uh, compared to – the average in the league right now.
3: Well, do you know what I figured out? He,
4: but in compared to what he did last year, he, had, he averaged five yards a carry last year at a 1,000-yard season. Which, by the way,
3: the Cowboys, after that deplorable performance against the run against Arizona, are now ranked 25th against the run um, in the NFL. And 34% of the 394 yards they've given up rushing belong to quarterbacks, by the way. Quarterbacks have gone 24 for 134 against the Cowboys. Now, I'm thinking Mac Jones. Minus 44, that gets you down to 90 <laughs> yeah, <right>? yards. <laughs> well, no. And then minus what was uh, – oh, no, that was a – I'm just taking one pass. play out. Yeah, that was a pass play, I was thinking. The the 68-yarder <laughs> yeah. against the Jets. Uh, um See, I
4: think on the the whole run game when we talked about it the last couple of days, right? It's it's the aggressive mentality, right. of Trying to create havoc, create turnovers, and it. I think it's just basically, you don't have to take away from that. You just you have to be fundamentally sound, uh, gap integrity, and be able to. Uh, there's some responsibility that comes on the way to sacking the quarterback, right? You know, and the other thing is sacks usually occur when you are ahead in a game, not when you are even or behind in a game, especially. And so the Cardinals, I think, I think they were just very um, prudent in the way that I mean they knew exactly. What the Cowboys are prone to do, pinning their ears back, coming after the quarterback, and they took advantage of that in that game. I
3: think they set the Cowboys up perfectly with the first two plays of the game because everybody's like, okay, they're going to run the ball, they're going to run the ball. Well, the first play of the game, they threw the ball, right? And then – You're thinking, okay, but now they're going to get James Conner going in this game, Mm -hmm. and they fake the handoff to him, and Dobbs keeps the ball, and Micah Parsons is tackling a ghost because he didn't have the ball. And there goes Dobbs for 44 yards. So I think they set up the Cowboys quite well uh, in that early possession. But the one that just hurt and hurt and hurt Was allowing Rondell Moore to go 45 yards for a touchdown without being touched. He didn't even have to make a move. Uh, And that one, there's no excuse for whatsoever. All right,
4: we're just getting started on this edition of Mix Shots. We will take your text, and with Mickey's permission, We'll take a phone call or two at 888-855-2297. But we aren't sure if Mickey is granting permission yet. We'll let you know when we come back here on Mix Shots. I'll think about it. (laughs) I'm
2: Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And
4: they snap it to Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down.
2: Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands.
0: that's what we're looking for add a delicious refreshing pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy cheesy savory topping there's no topping a cool pepsi finish nachos better with pepsi that's
6: what i like the medal of honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat more than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the civil war fewer than 4,000 have received the medal of honor
1: Miller Lite and the Cool, America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
5: K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys.
4: All right, Patriots Week is officially underway here at the Star in Frisco inside the SWBC podcast studio. Bill Jones, along with Savannah Humoller and Mickey Spagnola Everson on assignment throughout the week, apparently. And
3: I think he goes to New Mexico Okay, it's kind of you know all that secret stuff that happens in New Mexico. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll have to ask him when he comes back
4: here. Okay, um, let's uh, talk. Let's go. Uh, you got a text. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's get, get get this podcast text line going here and get some involvement here from some of the listeners and.
0: We
5: going with running backs here?
4: Yeah, it works. That right. works.
5: But this isn't necessarily a statement. We have someone asking if, uh, you know, the Cowboys should bring in a bigger, more physical running back. But Tony Pollard, he is just doing great for us right now, if everyone is following. He leads the NFL with 64 carries and has 74 touches. And uh, through his first three games of the season since Zeke, who is coming back on Sunday.
4: A bigger back.
5: Had 76 <laughs> touches in his first three contests of his rookie season in 2016.
3: Well, how about that?
4: Yeah. Um, that is a timely question. A bigger, more physical back. Mm-hmm. Is that what, the way it was phrased? Um, I, well, like, that- I like what we're seeing out of Rico Dowdle. Yes. so far and in that game against Arizona uh, caught the touchdown I mean, he created the touchdown, caught the ball and uh, and I, th- I, th- I like the power that he's running with the, the play that he made in the second half uh, it was an incredible run after a catch. Uh, but I, I like what we're seeing out of Rico Dowdle. and by the way, Daryl Johnston on the television broadcast uh, more importantly said that he likes these backs the
3: Cowboys have. And we saw a, a, in short yardage situation what Hunter Lipke was able mm-hmm. to do. So,
4: having, But before – I'll let you go, Mickey. But having said that, I was a proponent of bringing Zeke back I was at – the right cost, I was okay, too. and it, and what he signed with the Patriots that was I thought the right cost, but the Cowboys had to make that decision earlier, and I do not have a problem with the Cowboys going the route they w- they went, and I think they are just as well off uh, with what I've seen from Dowdle so far, and I love the, the Deuce Von uh, addition as well. And as you mentioned, Lipke, uh, I think they're fine in the running back room. Now, going forward, we're going to see, because Pollard is in his contract years; He's on the franchise tag right now, and we'll see what happens. But Zeke wasn't
3: going to factor into that down the road. No. And so here's the deal. The first game of the season, they had no problems in the red zone or in goal-to-go situations. And all they had missing on the offensive line at that point, was Tyler Smith, right? They had four of their five starters in the game. And they attacked in two different ways, and I thought it was a really good way uh, to compensate for not having Zeke there inside the five-yard line. First of all, Tony Pollard ran right up the middle and scored a touchdown. The second time they had an opportunity, he used his speed to the outside to score a touchdown. And on the third opportunity, they had Cavante Turpin lined up as a running back from nine yards out, and he sped to the corner outside and scored a touchdown. So they sort of compensated for not having a big bruiser in there with their speed. In the second game, There's extenuating circumstances with the lead that they had and basically saying, let's just be careful here. Let's not do anything silly. And that's not show the next opponent what we have. And so they ended up kicking the field goals uh, in that game Uh, and and didn't do as well inside uh, the uh, scoring touchdowns inside the 20-yard line. Going uh, two for six. And in the third game, I just think they compensated for having three backups on the offensive line. And they tried, and they had two opportunities to score that uh, could have been touchdowns. Throwing the ball to Brandon Cooks uh, ended up landing out of bounds. And then the interference on Michael Gallup, where they should have had the ball at the one-yard line, Uh, and somebody, I don't know what his explanation was to pick up the flag, uh, but they listened to him, uh, and and there would have been two touchdowns right there. So the weird thing is the Cowboys have had the most possessions inside the 20-yard line. They lead the league with 15. So they're getting there. They just haven't punched it in with the— going three for 11 on touchdowns uh, in these last two games. So I think we find out more this game if, number one, indeed, they have their offensive line back out there, and number two, that they have a game plan suited for these backups that they can practice all week and not at the last minute they have to decide, oh, guess what? We don't have Tyron Smith. we got to compensate here because we don't, can't do this or can't do that. Um, I just think they need to use their speed when they get close to the goal line. I think it's
4: uh, teams, fans, media. We go through this every year this early in the season. It's too small a sample size. Right to know what they actually have in fact there's there's a uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Nate and Frisco believes in this um, the September football games mm-hmm. it's like these are preseason games <laughs> you know?
3: they really I've heard that they, from they're him.
4: preseason games that count on your regular season schedule because we're not playing starters, in August, in pre, real preseason games, these have become like preseason games, and you really don't know what you have on the offensive line and, uh, and the, the way game, the flow of games. We don't know what the, you know, the Cowboys got up on the Giants 16 to nothing in the first 10 minutes of that game uh, in the season opener. Uh, they get up on the Jets, and so they didn't have to do anything. They they were fine with kick and field goals against the Jets. The only th- way the Jets are going to win that game is if you take a risk and turn the ball over. Now you get to the Cardinals game, and you're playing with three backup offensive linemen. And these aren't excuses. It's just the reality. We don't know. It's a long season. Let's see as we go along
3: uh, the improvements that they make. So what I – always like to say do not make season long conclusions after every game just like we sort of warned after a 2 and 0 start 70 to 10 okay this defense is pretty good but let's not call them doomsday just yet right and and now after this loss let's not overreact to one game let's let it play out and see if they have trouble in the red zone this week again, uh, then maybe they, they've got something that they got to think about. You know, I keep the other thing I keep hearing is well, they're not getting the ball down the field. Well, okay, it's raining cats and dogs against the Giants, and they jumped out to a big lead, so there was no need to do that. Uh, in the second game, once again, they got out to a lead. And the Jets were playing this nice cover two, and then they were saying everything underneath, and that's exactly what Arizona did. And I think people forget that. If I got this right, the first possession of the Arizona game, the Cowboys had two penalties on offense. Uh, they had false start and delay a, a game. False start, delay a game. And then the third possession they had in the game, I believe there was two more penalties, if I'm right. Um, they had, oh, where's it at? I just a hold on T.J. Bass a hold, and a false start. And then start. another false Stealed. start. So, again, if you're not protecting your quarterback very well and you've got this idea they've got to get the ball out, then you're probably not getting the ball deep. Uh, and so, you know, I understand the wide receivers don't have a touchdown yet, uh, and that's somewhat uh, concerning. But, again, the first two games, those things were also in play, and no one complained about them because they won 70-10. to 10. Uh, So let's just let this play out. Pam and Cooks see. didn't play the second and, game. Yeah, right, exactly. That might have had something to do with not stretching the field. Uh, So let's, let's just let this play out and see and not totally overreact. Okay. I like that.
4: All right. When we come back, we turn our attention more so to the Patriots when Mixed Shots continues in a moment.
6: The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org.
1: Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can Cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Light in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Light, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time.
2: Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
6: back, back,
1: back. to mixed shots
5: check out the latest and greatest addition to tours at AT AT&T Stadium and at the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain and into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones with a focus on innovative fan experience in partnership with AT&T. This interactive technology gives tour goers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour Visit dallascowboys.com slash tours. Nate in Frisco. Bill, you are correct. Give this thing some time. We're still in the preseason.
4: Yeah, there you go. Nate in Frisco. I think it should have said Nate next door. (laughs) Nate in Frisco is who that is. (laughs) That's Nate in Frisco, right?
5: Yeah. That's great.
4: I've been been taught well by Nate in Frisco. We all have, Mm -hmm. right? That's exactly right. I love that. Keep them coming, Nate, in Frisco. Uh, All right, this New England Patriots team, and there will be a lot of talk about Zeke. Um, Zeke talking today, is that right? I think.
3: Yes, he is. Yes, later later today. Conference call at 4 o'clock our time. Conference call with the
4: Dallas Media later today. Um, Nice of New England to set that up. Yeah, that is good. Mm. That is good. It's a Patriots team that started the season against Philadelphia and fell behind 16 to nothing in the first quarter of that game, rallied to make it close, and lost 25 to 20. That was at home in week one. In week two, they host Miami. And in both these games, Philadelphia and Miami, they had the football basically in scoring position or getting close to scoring position in the case of the Philadelphia game and weren't able to come up with a big play to put them over the top. They lost to Miami 24-17. And what did Miami do the next week? They scored 70 points on the Broncos. With almost 800
3: yards offense.
4: There you go. And then <laughs> last week, playing at the Jets, they win 15-10 to in the rain to make them 1-2. Coming so they've played game.
3: two five-point games in a seven-point game. Right.
4: In the first two games, the two losses are against two of the three unbeaten teams in the league. So are you going to take this team lightly?
3: I don't think so. No. Especially after my last performance. Yeah. Uh, not whatsoever. And they Do you think they took the Cardinals lightly? No. I, I don't, don't either. I think they got beat. Mm-hmm. That's You know, people kept saying that, and I said— do not give them a soft pillow to lay their heads on, for, you know, with an excuse that they took it for granted. They didn't. No. They just they com- they, they, did not play assignment signs. And
4: I don't think they were full of themselves. I don't. I don't think they were overconfident or any of that. If uh, If anything, it was they were trying to do what they thought has been made them successful. The difference is. Those things that make you successful when you're sacking the quarterback with a lead in a game,
0: mm-hmm. right. it
4: doesn't work when you're behind in the game or uh, even in a game. Uh, and I think they were just too aggressive. They, um, so anyway, Patriots are going to have their attention this week. We're going to find out a whole lot more about this Cowboys team this week against New England than we uh, found out last week against and Arizona. And I think
3: what everybody forgets is the Cowboys had lost six of their last seven games to the Cardinals. Think about it. The that. Cardinals are just a juggernaut. <laughs> well, two, but, but there, it's always something weird. Two of those losses were in overtime to Arizona, right? They only beat them. The one time they beat him was in uh, early in 2017. They only beat him by three points, too, mm-hmm. by the way.
5: James in Midland wants to know, what is Coach McCarthy's record against Bill Belichick? And I, I'll look up this answer.
3: Oh, good. That's, uh, you go for it. That's a good one. Um, you know, I guess he's playing Bill Belichick. They arm wrestle or something? <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Parcells. But, you know... Um, I'm sure, you know, here's what I, I keep saying it what what stands out to me about the Patriots is their defense. They're ranked number five overall, uh, ninth against the run. So they really haven't given up much in the in the running game. And in the passing game, uh, they' they're also ranked uh, fifth. So it, their defense has played pretty well so far. Uh, the Cowboys' defense has to match what the Patriots do defensively.
4: And by the way, the uh, Patriots um, last year, second in the league in takeaways on defense. They always, and I think the year before they were up there too, of course the Cowboys led the league in takeaways each of the last two right. years. And when you look at the Patriots' defense, the only guy really that they lost from off last year's team – who was a significant player for them, was Devin McCordy, who retired. They brought basically everybody back on defense, and they added draft picks as well. Christian Gonzalez from uh, right here in the Metroplex uh, out of Oregon uh, is playing very well, had an, had, uh, an interception in uh, the game against Miami, uh, and he's been, he's been matching up against the top receivers for the other teams as well. Very athletic guy. Uh, he was their 17th overall pick, number a uh, first round draft pick. second round draft pick Keon White uh, is playing a lot for him as well. and he's a defensive lineman. and
3: uh, so the defense is their calling card. special teams too. Right. Don't they have a, they have a kick block return for a touchdown? Well, you're asking me questions I haven't researched yet. (laughs) I thought I, I I want to say, I thought I heard that. Well, I'll have it for you tomorrow, Mickey. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Coach
5: McCarthy is two and three against the Patriots. Brilliant. Yes.
3: So, which means he's two and three against some guy named Tom, right? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) And he had some guy named
4: Aaron. Aaron. Or if it was prior to that, some guy named Brett. Brett. Correct. I don't know when the games were played. So, yeah, that can be overrated. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know that the other thing with the Patriots is with Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator, one of the issues they had last year is they were doing it by committee as far as their offensive. Coordinator goes, and mm-hmm. so they hire. Uh, one of the key things was them hiring right. Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator this year. And if you listen to sports talk radio in Boston, yes. uh, they're wondering what's this offensive coordinator doing with this team right now because they're they're not happy with the results. But again, small sample size, and we'll see where they are. They um, and of course they're they're getting ripped in Boston because. Of uh, letting Jacoby Myers go, and Juju Smith-Schuster has not done anything yet for them.
3: It was their one of their big free agent acquisitions on offense, and they're probably getting ripped even more after O'Brien pointed out that they weren't interrogating Will Greer or Ezekiel Elliott about the Cowboys' <laughs> <laughs> offense. <laughs> Why aren't you <laughs> put them in a dark room, right? The with the a spotlight too. on them, yeah. Mm-hmm. O'Brien said, "No, we're not doing that. It's like we can scout and see what's going on. Now they'll change. You know, they talk about hand signals. Well, the hand signals are on the line of scrimmage, right? Those can't be that difficult to to change. The the the, the plays come in over the headset. It's not like there it's a, some espionage right. going on. But the Patriots are not going to get things
4: uh, going." Smoothly until they get their quarterback going smoothly, right. Mack Jones. Right. Who was the two years ago, 15th overall pick. And last year, he completed 65% of his passes for nearly 3,000 yards, went six and eight in his 14 starts, had 11 interceptions and 14 touchdown passes, and was sacked 34 times. Look at him this year through three games. Two interceptions, five touchdown passes. He's been sacked six times. Uh, He has run the ball a little bit, Uh which he doesn't seem Mm. like the type that would run the ball. He's running for his life, I would imagine, with 11 carries for 53 yards. Five yards a carry. So that is one thing you would think if you're going to compare what the Patriots do on offense to what the Cardinals did on offense, you don't have the running threat. Or what the Giants do on offense, you don't have a running threat with Mac Jones, a
3: quarterback. Right, right. And so. so that's one less thing they should have to worry about. But... So you can pin your ears back and go after the go, quarterback yeah, then, right? Do not do that. Do not make that mistake again. Because I'm sure they'll have something up their sleeve. Um, to attack you. By the way,
4: there's something I want to get to, which we didn't get to yesterday. After Dan Quinn, I don't think we got to it yesterday. After Dan Quinn talked uh, on Monday, on Monday, and it was about Trayvon Diggs, and I thought he was very good talking about Trayvon. And okay, just we don't have access to talking with the coaches or really mm-hmm. into the players uh, after Thursday. Uh, to speak of. And so it was after the game, before the players finally were able, the media was able to talk to players about the Trayvon injury. And then on Monday, we had an opportunity with the coordinators. And Dan Quinn was talking about Trayvon and just the devastation of that injury on Thursday. And, you know, he was getting texts from uh, friends saying, okay, next man up. Well, no, there's no such thing as next man up when it comes to, uh, a player like that, and you see the human emotion and right. the devastation of okay, you worked so hard for this opportunity, and you've, everything is falling into place for a great season, and in one false step, it's taken away from you. And there's no, yeah, it's a, it's trite. And- Everyone says, oh, it's next man up. Well, no, there's no next man up when you're replacing a, a two-time Pro Bowl cornerback like that who uh is, and he's been paid like it
3: uh probably the second best player on your defense and had gotten off to a really good start if you look at um you know already he had two forced fumbles an interception mm-hmm. uh, he, he 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 had a, a bunch of passes uh, deflected um let's see where is his line here he had six tackles um, the force, the, a forced fumble, and then really a forced interception too. If you because they didn't give that a fumble, uh, and he had three passes defense and was just playing really, really well. And for that to happen, you know, you're just kind of heartbroken for the guy. And we all, you know, fans and everything, look at it as well, okay. How does this hurt the team? Well, it hurts him uh, most probably. Even more so, we forget about the personal aspect to it, and we all get this question of how do they, how do they compensate for him? Well, Dan Quinn pointed out one of the three guys that played the best in that game against Arizona was Deron Bland, and he, if you think about it, he had he had the interference, but after that, you didn't see him much at all on that side. Right. They actually attacked Stephon Gilmore. More than they, somebody right. said, "Why didn't you move Gilmore over there?" Well, the problem wasn't over there. Well, and then the other thing when we're
4: talking about the aggressive nature of this defense, uh, when you lose a player like that, uh, um, I don't. In contrast to the complacency uh, allegations, yes. right? You're actually. Try, you can you can be prone to trying to do too much to offset the loss of that player exactly so they may have been the victim of that more so than anything else is you know a couple of days before the game you lose the guy that uh, leads the way as far as takeaways on this team and now everybody feels like they got to do more than what they normally do and you
3: and you lose sight of the fundamental defense that you have to play uh, to begin with you're making up for the loss mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: and that's and that's another thing that they had to compensate because they knew for well they probably knew on Thursday that he was done but for sure it got confirmed after the MRI Friday do you don't practice Saturday it's a lighter practice and you didn't have that much time to adjust everything that okay Duran bland, you're moving from the slot to corner. Uh, Jordan Lewis you're moving from the bench to the slot. Uh, and you had to make a lot of changes. And I'm not giving them excuses. It's just, you know, fact of how this thing played out last week. So now this week at least they've got a full week of practice with Duran Bland at right corner, Jordan Lewis in the middle uh, in, in the slot. So as long as they get through practice, yeah, right. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> how many guys can you get hurt in practice? Uh-huh. Yeah.
5: Let's hope not any this week.
4: All right, very good. All right, that does it for uh, this edition of uh, Mix Shots. Uh, make it a great Wednesday, and we will see you again tomorrow at high noon on Mix Shots.